Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you serious? So, welcome to How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy, and I'm going to introduce you to today's guest. Somebody who I've actually wanted to get on the podcast for a little while. Uh, but first things first, we are up for a gong at this year's British Podcast Awards. Potentially, you can maximise our chances of grabbing the Listener's Choice Award supported by BBC Sounds. All you have to do is click the link in our bio, which is britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote. Type in how to kill an hour and then prove you're not a robot and you will be helping us out. Um, we appreciate uh, all of the votes we've had so far. People have been sliding in my in my DMs just saying, hey, man, I voted, I voted. So I appreciate that. So BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote is where you need to head to if you'd like to support how to kill an hour. It takes like 30 seconds for you to do it. So uh, crack on today's show. I'm joined by the presenter, writer, producer extraordinaire. Richie Driss. All right, mate. How you doing, brother? You right? I'm very, very well, thanks. How are you? How do you feel being called an extraordinaire? Uh, I think it's a little bit, I mean, a little bit much. I don't feel like I'm at an extraordinaire level just yet. I think you're an all right guy. He's all right. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that and run with it. So if you'd gone with writer, producer, all right guy, I'd be like, yeah. So he's an all-around, normal, kind of cool, all right kind of guy, Richie Driss. Now, thanks for coming on the show, man. Now, we've got to address the elephant in the room. Congratulations for making it as the 38th presenter of a show that is, is it the longest running yep. children's or yep. the, the longest running yep. children's television is it in the world? In the world. In the in, world. Which, make, which means in the universe, because I mean, well, we don't know if there are any other children's TV shows in the whole entire universe, do we? So I prefer to say in the universe. So as far as can. we know, in the universe, there is no other TV show that's been running for as long as Blue Peter. Congratulations, man. The 38th presenter. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thank and you. And like, this isn't like, if you're not from the UK, which some of our listeners are like, being on Blue Peter is kind of a... a a really big deal. It's not a TV show where I think that like there are like only 38 presenters on this show. Like there are loads of shows out there with many presenters and you're the 38th. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cooler to be the 40th, to be honest. Like it's a nice round number, but how does 38 feel for you? Uh, It fits perfectly. I mean, Lindsay, the co-presenter on Blue Peter, she said it to me the other day. She said it best when the show has been going for 60 years and only 37 other people know what it's like in 60 years to be a part of something 
So it's it's a British institution, let's be honest. Yeah, 100% is an institution. And, and the fact that you've uh, totally ignored the fact that there's a production team, cameramen, directors, <laughs> just proves you are becoming a monster no, already, Richie. No. No. Uh, no. I'm sorry, producers and camera crew and yeah. everyone behind the scenes. I love you all. You've all been, no, genuinely, they've all been absolutely magic with me over the last couple cool. of weeks. And when can we expect to see you on the screens then? Thursday, May 16th, 5.30pm, CBBC, I am making my debut. Bosh. You've Bosh. got the, uh, the the TV set up to record that as well? Uh, everyone apart from me does. Yeah. Um, so don't worry, I'll be getting I'll be getting a copy of it. That's All for right, sure. Wicked. I look forward to seeing what you get up to, man. I'm going to start watching uh, Children's BBC for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, 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 that first show is going to be... I've been thrown in with a challenge straight away. First episode, first challenge. But if you'd given me a list, I'm not going to say too much, but if you'd given me a list of challenges to do this absolutely would have been nowhere near the top 20 30 i wouldn't have picked it really honestly literally the only reason i chose to do it was because it's blue peter like for the badge yeah it's not something i would ever have wanted to have done but but that's the whole idea is blue peter is built you know one of the things that it's renowned for is average people like myself sort of (laughs) trying very above average things yeah and just giving it a go and just being the best version of you you know that you can be i think that's what's important about shows like that is that for young people especially in this world where there's instagram and social medias of the like where everybody kind of has to be the hypest best version of themselves exactly blue peter does like you say kind of revolve around being having grounded people trying things so as an average person i think you'll do quite well on the show average (laughs) (laughs) average (laughs) thank you and so you so you you have to do a challenge to earn your badge. It's been a while since I've watched it. So do you have to do a challenge to earn your, your first badge before you crack on? Is that how it works? I cannot say. Uh, I cannot go that deeply into it. All I know is that I was obviously, you know, given the badge to wear. So if they decide, you know, on the show, I don't know any of the script. If they decide to okay. say, oh, that was terrible. We're taking your badge away. Then you've, you've got to earn it again. Yeah. And fair play. But I don't know for sure. And there's like tears to the badges as well. Like I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I forget about it. There's like a green. I think I've seen a green one yeah green badge orange, orange purple diamond gold diamond yeah and of course the regular blue okay say regular special <laughs> but i've got one of those yeah i've got one of the the regular special ones oh, yeah good man what'd you get that for breaking a world record with your with your mate Lindsay. Hey. he broke a world record for uh the most amount of people getting slapped in the face with a with a custard pie <laughs> And they had the proper official Obviously. there, like the proper the proper uh, Guinness World Record official there going, right, that's a sufficient amount of cream on that plate, right? That was a good slap. Like if there wasn't sufficient force in the push on the face or yeah. if there wasn't enough cream, it didn't count. Honestly, some of the world records out there are absolutely magnificent. I, I really want to think of one that is sort of, on the one hand, the most mundane, yeah. but also you get a world record out of it. The most oranges peeled in 60 seconds. Yeah, the most melons sliced with a katana in 60 seconds. But even if it's something really, really surreal where there isn't even a record for it yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. The most, I don't know, I'm looking around the room for inspiration. The most times you like draw on a backpack in a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, something yeah, really, something, something so random where you literally have to do it once and then you've got the world record. The most times tying and untying your laces you in, in 90 minutes. There's wow, your fingers, bruv. Oh, ouch. Yeah, that'd hurt. Yeah. Uh, before we crack on with today's show, though, what we usually like to do is talk about how we've been killing a little bit of time, right? I'm going to ask you that in a moment. I'm going to share with you a few ways that I've been killing time recently. And by the way, all of these ways that we've been killing time, we'll put links to in the show description. First things first, we're going to do a bit of time travel because I am about to watch the John Wick film. So what we're going to do is record that after this show, plonk it, 
right here in the next few seconds and then we're going to come back to where we're recording this show so this is my reaction to the new john wick 3 parabellum film so let's try and get our heads around the timeline here so right now you are listening to a recording that is made after the episode with richie driss and we've just watched the john wick film and when i say just last night uh, we didn't have time to record anything last night so i'm back in the studio with producer bill what's going on billy boy how's it going mate you good yeah i'm all right mate I'm loving the beard, by the way, before we get into some John Wick. That beard is looking strong. Billy's kind of got that growth now where it's looking like you're looking like you could um looking like you're ready for some good outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. What's about, what type of outdoors are we talking about? Like, uh, hiking. Look, you're looking like you could do some hiking in some cold climates, like some Everest type hiking out there. That's a good like what kind of beard maintenance are we on right now, Bill? Just what? can't the shave. Oh yeah. <laughs> are you oiling it or anything? No. You are trimming it though. It looks trimmed. I haven't trimmed it. No, really. But it's holding. This it's just, holding really this good is shape. Natural growth. But it's holding like really good shape. Do you brush it? No. What, I got that. Like, I do the old uh, stroke just to get rid of the old stragglers. But other than that, just good just old chin stroke. It. Good old chin stroke. Anyway, so uh, John Wick three Parabellum. Parabellum actually means getting ready for war, preparing for war. That's actually what that word means. You know. Never knew that. Yeah, and you've never watched any of the John Wicks. Never watched any of them whatsoever. Apparently, it's supposed to be a really good franchise. Yeah, I've so not fran- even dipped my toes into it. Yeah, so franchise is definitely what it is. So this film, right now, we're at the third instalment. Right, so at this point in the storyline, John Wick has violated the Assassin's Code. Right, and there is a fourteen million dollar bounty on his head. Right, this doesn't spoil the first two films. Well, apparently, in the second one, something happened to his dog. That's the, the big old meme going around about John Wick and his dog. Oh, that's the first. That's the first film. So, so if you've watched the first few films, there are little bits that hark back to those jokes. So, the first film has John Wick's dog in it, and you understand the kind of dog jokes that run through this film. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, basically, in this film, he's disrespected the Assassin's Code, and there's a 14 million bounty on his head. Now, my concern was how do you take this film up a notch because you can't go down a notch with regards to action right the first film was action-packed the second film was jam-packed full of action how do you take this up a notch without it being ridiculous in the same way that i feel like the first transporter film with jason statham was amazing whereas the second and the third one started to get a bit too crazy like you know he'd drive a car and flip it upside down and and knock a bomb that was stuck onto the bottom of it like i'm like all right really is that possible but so in john wick i was was concerned there was going to be like out out of the question the crazy stupid action that just wasn't realistic i'm gonna be honest bill within five minutes of the film starting they managed to hit that sweet point of taking the action up uh they've taken it up a notch right and there was a round of applause in the cinema five minutes in. I'm not exaggerating. A round of applause five minutes into the film uh, where John Wick basically uses a physical representation of his mourning throughout the three films to mash up a foe. So like you, you summarise the whole of John Wick's existence within five minutes of the, sh- of, the, of the film and there was a round of applause, right? That in itself was amazing. So five minutes in, I was like, Wow. How do you maintain this for an hour and a half? And long story short, the action is delivered in this film, Bill. So 
I don't know what kind of action you're into when it comes to films, but I mean, what are you into? Like, are you into like sort of hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did have a little listen to the Ricky Jewis episode. <laughs> uh, I quite like the Jason Bourne. So you like the you like Jason Bourne, right? Yeah, that was. I like the way you just. I like the fight scenes. They were they were good. I didn't I didn't think they were too quick. I thought they were interesting. See, I like them too, right? I like them too. And I'll be honest, the fighting, the hand-to-hand stuff in John Wick, some of it is very slow-paced. As in, it's not like... It's like slugging, warfare, there's there's tiredness. You see people having to get their breath as you would in a real fight if you were doing some real hand-to-hand combat. But that doesn't take away from the grittiness of it. So if you like Jason Bourne, that's cool. But don't be afraid that the slower action in this, and there's fast action in this as well, there's stuff that's lightning fast, but the slower stuff in this, it just feels more gritty. Like this 50-year-old Keanu Reeves is doing proper MMA moves on people. Mm, I mean, like you said, the fact you said realism, because sometimes when you watch an action movie, you hit the bad guys, they each take their turn to get... to get. Yeah. But with... Uh, that would never happen in real life. Of course, of course. And granted, he's a protagonist, right? So, yeah, odds are, in real life, if a million people were firing bullets at you, he'd probably be hit a bit more, yeah? So we got we got to take that off the table, as you yeah. would in any film, right? You get me? But um, it's... I mean, I'll get onto the action in just a minute. But um, in the film, you see him travelling over to Casablanca, which is actually Eso Uyera in Morocco, where we went and looked at the Ford Raptor Ranger. Funnily enough, oh. it's exactly the same location. Um, so you see him travelling across the world. Uh, in a Ford Ranger. Uh, not in a Ford. <laughs> not in a Ford. In a classic car or two. Um, and you get to see him kind of explore a little bit more of this assassin's world. So what they've done in John Whitbill is they've actually created this assassin's world, which is way bigger than what you see in the film. So it's got history. It's got a present. There's tensions within it that is a great thing about the film because it's always you feel like you stepped into something that you're never really going to understand all of and you know unless you watch the next film do you know what I mean uh, and then there's always more of it anyway and I kept forgetting throughout the film build that Keanu Reeves I've said it before is 50 years old yeah and there's a lot of very physical hand-to-hand combat and stunt stuff that he's doing. Yeah, there's some slightly crazier stuff that happens where I think I spotted maybe a double or there was quite a bit of CGI, which is necessary when you're like using knives on high-speed motorbikes. Yeah, I'm going to presume that he didn't do that all live. But a 50-year-old Keanu Reeves just kicking ass. I was just impressed, man. He's he's in great shape and he was handling business. Um, And also cheekily, I think there could be a couple of nods to the Matrix in it as well. There's a couple of things he does and says, which kind of look like a few of the very key scenes or very big scenes that were in the Matrix, a film that came out 20 years ago, in case you haven't heard of it, which was like groundbreaking at the time. And Keanu Reeves was doing Kung Fu with CGI that had never been seen before. So the fact that there's a couple of nods to that, there's a couple of lines that he says and people were like, rah, was that, was that, mate? Was that, was that a Matrix line? It was, it was really, really good. Um, also, I just want to say uh, there's a lovely... Uh, she's in the trailer, so I can say Halle Berry's in the film as well. Uh, also, another 50-plus-year-old another actor kicking... Bruv, like, she... she They invent uh, a, a style of fighting with 
some very interesting aids that I've never seen before. So there's, if you look at the trailer, there's some hints towards it. So she adds in this whole new dynamic type of fighting uh, alongside with against John Wick. It's quite interesting um, to, to look at as well. Uh, Bill, I was just like, I was honestly consistently blown away throughout the film. I'm going to give you a gripe though about it because they've had to take it up a level with regards to the action and the, the arm breakery and smashery and destructionery and all that sort of stuff. There are a couple of moments that, and, I, and I've always said this on the show, I'm a bit weak when it comes to gross out moments. So there's a couple of gross out scenes where you see kind of, I don't know, for me, I, I have a low tolerance for peeling off body parts and seeing that in films. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you'd you play something like Mortal Kombat, though. I'd play Mortal Kombat, but it's it's not as real yet. Mortal Kombat still has a cartoony edge to oh, it. I see, I see, I see. It, we're talking about proper practical effects, so it looks very real. So so there's a couple of bits like that that I, I, I was like, nah, I don't really like that. But and to me, it didn't really bring anything to the plot. Like, it's kind of granted that everyone in this universe is a badass. So I don't really need to see, like, you know, skin peelery, for one of a better set of words. But, you know, a lot, a lot of other people could enjoy that sort of stuff and get on with it. That, that's my only really small gripe, yeah? But um, John Wick was, like, a perfect combination of ridiculous and feasible action, that kind of real thin line between, that. that's a bit crazy, but... Okay, I guess it's possible. So there's loads of that in there. Um, and they could have gone stupid with the action. They could have gone really silly with the action, but I feel like they kept a lid on it. Um, but it, And it keeps it quite believable if you believe bulletproof suits exist. You have to, you have to that, that's the only granted. When you watch John Wick, you have to believe there's a bulletproof suit, suit and that exists. Potentially that will in a few years. That's the only thing I'm like, right, get that off the table, right? And then it's, a, it's everything's pretty believable. Um, and... In the UK, Bill, do we clap at the cinema when we enjoy films? No. Round of applause at the end of the film. Round of applause five minutes in. Those are the sort of people that clap when the, <laughs> when the airplane lands at the airport. <laughs> Telling you, Bill, I was clapping, bruv. I was clapping. It was a great film. I want to get a dog now. I want to get a dog now. So that's it. John Wick 3, Parabellum. Have you got any questions, Bill, about this? Anything that you think I may not have covered? Do I have to watch the first two to get to know what's going on in this third film? They give you enough to explain and understand, but there's some in-jokes, like you said, about the dog and stuff like that. There's in-jokes about that that I'd recommend watching the first two films. And the first two films, they, they won't have aged badly. They're only a couple of years old. They're really good. Really, really good films. And... People, people also forget as well the timeline for John Wick whilst we've waited years for the film all of this action happens in a relatively short amount of time so you can watch them all three films like first two films you know on demand and then watch John Wick in the cinema and you feel like you're in a Netflix season mm. it's, it's really good man shout, shout out to Keanu Reeves uh, shout out to all of there's so many great actors in there there's also speaking of the Matrix there's another actor that you may recognise from the Matrix in the films oh, as well yeah good old Lawrence is in there he has an outstanding performance it's well cast great film if you like action this ticks all of the boxes man so uh that is my review of john wick 3 parabellum click the link in the show description to get more info about the film we're about to have the sound effect and head back to the interview with richie driss where we have guessed whether i would enjoy the film or not 
So that's what I thought of John Wick. I think I'm going to love it. I'm a big fan of the franchise. Are you a fan of the franchise? Oh, mate, honestly. Like, I've sat through one and two just over the weekend, just gone, and yeah. I thought, this is... So, listen, I'm going to nerd out a little bit here. Yeah. When it comes to action films, I am a snob. Dislike Fast and Furious. There, I said it. And that was the podcast finish for how to come out of the area. Dislike. The Jason Bourne films are overrated for me. Really? Yeah. All of them? I think they're overrated. Story's good, yeah. but if it com- when it comes to an action film, right. you-, you want the story, of course. But you want to watch uh, action. Uh, so you right? want real action in yes. your films. Okay. So, I mean, it makes sense. I want real action in my action films. Yeah, just yeah. like if you watch a comedy and you don't laugh, you've just wasted two hours of your life. Fair enough. Right? The Jason Bourne films, the editing and the fight scenes is far too quickly. I'm going to bore you to death with this, but you can't tell Go. what's going on. You can't tell what's going on in Jason Bourne films because the editing is so fast and so choppy and it's, it's more like a music video than it is an action film. As opposed to John Wick, where the takes are really long. It's like 10 seconds of with 20 different punches and 30 different kicks in 10 seconds. And you can see what's going on. Do you know what the, the difference is, is with John Wick? Is that, and big respect to Keanu Reeves, 50 years old, I, I think he is, yeah? Unreal. And he's out here doing his own stunts. Yeah. But he's done a lot of training within like MMA. And he's done training with Navy SEALs. And he refreshes that training for every single film. So in... in Without spoiling it, in the second film, he does he does uh, s- some infiltration of a compound, right? And it requires him to set up his his entrance and exit, and that requires weapons set up, a special suit, which is a little bit out of this world. But to be fair, it, they just wrote it in, so I believed it. Yeah. And um, his close combat was amazing. So you see him taking on people, but instead of in certain films, like you said, it's like loads of fast <laughs> punches. Yeah. You see him like put somebody in a lock and a hold, flip them over, you and like see everything. It looks really real and gritty. It's it's slower, isn't it? Yeah. But it has more impact. Yeah. Um, but the only danger is with these films, Richie. Though, and I'm ho- I'm 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 guessing I love it. All right, I'm guessing I've loved it. My only worry is though, is that it's becoming more and more extreme. How do you take it to the next level without it getting silly? And I'm hoping they manage to keep that balance in. It, that's that's personal preference because again, that's a problem with for myself with the Fast and Furious films, for example, <laughs> right, is that what they did is they would throw in a plot twist to keep you on your feet, but the plot yeah. twist will just be, like, ridiculous. It'll be like one of the characters saying, aha, I worked for the bad guys all along. And it's like, oh, well, that's just that's just lazy. Yeah, Whereas yeah, this, yeah. it's all in the action sequences, but they also keep them grounded because it's all practical effects with yeah. Keanu Reeves doing the stunts instead. But let's be honest, with John Wick 3, I'm expecting big things, and I don't think I'm going to be disappointed because do you remember the very first screenshot that got released for it? It was Keanu Reeves on the back of a horse holding a gun to the head of someone riding a motorbike and that person was also holding a sword. If that doesn't sell it as the greatest film of all time... Say no more. <laughs> Say no more. So yeah, John Wick 3, no doubt. I'm coming off the back end of saying I enjoyed it. So uh, the next thing up is um, we actually... The guys here at uh, How to Kill an Hour got sent down. Uh, myself, uh, Inel, Tomlinson and Mr. Midas, we all went down to the Red Bull escape room. And basically, it was a world championship escape room. So basically, they got some of the world's best escape roomists to come and have a go at their extreme escape room, right? To put it in perspective, Slovakia won, right? It was called Omni Escape. And I won't get too, I won't go too far into how, how crazy this escape room was. And I think they got out of the escape room within 27 minutes and 16 seconds, yeah? So they took myself. I said Mr. Mida, sorry, he wasn't there. Myself, I know Tomlinson, Julia Hardy, and someone else who was there who I can't remember their name. 
uh, part of the PR team. They put us in a, in this world class escape room where we had to kind of find our way out. Do you want to know? Do you want to know how long it took? Us so to- the world record is a world record is twenty seven minutes. The world record champ- the, the, the championship. It was a world championships, and the world were well, the holders of the championships. Uh, are, are Slovakia who done it in twenty seven minutes? It the took you twenty seven hours. Um, I'm going to be honest, right? We we got out of it. Okay. I think we got out of it because they needed to close. Right? <laughs> Seriously. And um, it was an amazing experience, right? <laughs> but I knew we weren't doing so well because when you do these escape rooms, you get kind of a little bit of support and help. So you will have somebody kind of on, on a microphone looking at you uh, via the security cameras that they have in each of the rooms telling you how to get through certain stages if you're struggling right so if you're at a door and you can't find the password they might be like maybe you want to look to your left or maybe you want to look at your right maybe you want to look at that picture frame or maybe you want to do this so the gentleman was pressing a button and then talking to us or flicking a switch and he was really chirpy at the start hey guys you're doing really really good make sure you look over there okay cool and I knew that we were taking a really long time because I think he pressed the button too early once like towards the end and he went <laughs> so guys and I was like <laughs> and I said are you right there in there mate like, are we taking a little are we taking a little while he was like no you're actually doing really really well guys um, so yeah we uh, had a go at one of the world's hardest escape rooms that sounds very Blue Peter though. it does escape yeah rooms. big time uh, we've got more of those coming up this year actually we just just had, actually had an email in about a really cool new type of escape room which we'll be doing in a few shows time um, so what else have we been killing time with recently oh yeah one more thing uh, we I was out in Morocco last week actually Rich uh, nice. and um, I got to drive around a big boy 4x4 car um, it's called Ranger Raptor it's by Ford and our experience was basically how could you negotiate very very terrain and um, I've got to say, for starters, Morocco is a beautiful place, a beautiful place. And I think a lot of people know about Marrakesh, but uh, we were up by the coast. I can't remember the specific name of the area we're in, um, but I must say, like, what a beautiful country. Like, um, make sure your French is on fleek if you're, if you're by the coast in, in Morocco, because uh, um, my French was all right. I managed to get by, uh, but... Yeah, man, we were driving around this this four by four uh, all over the place, and I think I don't want to get too like emotional at the moment, but like, bro, you know when you forget how big the world is, like, oh yeah, like all the time when you're in another when you're in another part of the world, and I was like caning along the beach in a four by four. The sea was to my right. What was the soundtrack? For me, yeah, it's so funny. In the cars, they give you like a soundtrack, and it was like some Jimi Hendrix stuff, which was pretty nice. cool. But then I was like, "Nah, that's got to go, man." That's took that out, right? Plugged in my phone, went swiped. There's no sound for swiping on your phone, but that's right. Yeah, I get what you mean. And I had two choices. It was either some Kendrick Lamar, yeah, or it was Dr. Dre, two thousand and one. Okay, depends what sort of vibe you're going for. And I thought, if there's sand. If there's some sea, if, if if I'm on a coast, let me get some West Coast vibe on. So I did put on 2001 and I was just caning it down the beach. Camels were to my, it was amazing just having a camel <laughs> to my right. Just looking, <laughs> look, zinging past the cameras. Going, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Listening to 2001. Um, but, and also what was funny as well about this trip is um, basically when you do these kind of excursions in cars, they get a bunch of you and they give you a route in your GPS, right? And they send you somewhere. 
So they go, right, we're going to go for a route. It's an hour's drive. Halfway through, switch over. You can both experience the car. Now, this, this car's cool because it had off-road mode, like Baja mode for sand dunes. And it had, like, rock mode and gravel mode and, and like, sports mode if you're not on any crazy roads, right? So we're testing all of those out on the first day. Amazing fun, right? You've got to go on sand dunes. Actually, driving on sand dunes is, dunes is pretty cool. I've got a video that I put up on my um, uh, Instagram of me, like, doing a mad jump, which is pretty sick. Um but on the second day of driving, we saw these signs and they had the logo for the car on them and, and they were in an arrow and the, ar- and the logo was always facing the right way up, right? That was your kind of indication that the arrow was pointing in the right direction. Halfway through our second day, we saw an arrow that was pointing to the left. Of course you did. And there were a bunch of kids standing next to it. Uh, like, hey. <laughs> uh, and they added like an extra two hours onto our journey. Bro. And I went proper off road in this car. But to be fair best kind of vehicle to be stuck stuck in the uh, outbacks of uh, Morocco in there you go yeah but they, I'm going to say these brand new cars came back looking not so brand new mm, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but then at least that means you put them through their paces I did indeed right. oh yeah proper like I didn't realise how important it was to have or how blessed we are here to have roads that are actually roads, roads. yeah do you know what I mean yeah um, so yeah that was that was the Ford uh, Ranger Raptor uh, we've got a full video of that on the website as well you can check out one more thing we've been killing time with <sighs> If that's not enough, um, I actually went on a high tech cruise ship. Yeah, one of the world's highest tech cruise ships. That was also one of the smallest cruise ships as well. And what that means is when you get a high tech cruise ship and combine it with a small cruise ship, it means you can go into places that other cruise ships can't. Because, like, a big, I'm not a cruise guy, right? But by the end of this cruise, I knew about cruises. Right. Cruises can be like 3,000, have 3,000 people on them, 5,000 people, I think, even. This was like a 500 person jobby. And uh, we went up the Norwegian fjords. Okay, I've got to ask. Yeah, I, go know, I know zero about cruise ships and right. cruises and, and all of that. But where does a, a dinghy end and a cruise ship begin? I think it's... Because you said you're on about size. Right. I think it's dinghy, boat, yacht, yeah. then cruise. And I think the difference between a yacht and a cruise is basically a cruise is a commercial liner and a yacht is owned by a person. Because I know there's some big yachts out there Got like, there are yachts out there with heli like multiple helipads on them and P. stuff Diddy yachts oh a hundred percent and they look like cruise ships but then obviously they're not commercial liners so i think a yacht is something that you own so when you're rich richer richie and you've got that yacht that you own it won't be a cruise until you decide to open the doors and charge people to come on it uh, and i thought cruises for, were really i thought they were for people that had had all of their fun in life and just wanted to be boring and old which there's nothing wrong with i look forward to being boring and old and just let the ship take them where they need to be but if i'm honest like because this uh cruise ship we went on it's called the le champlain uh and we it was by ponan i don't know what that means that's just the name of the brand uh and then yeah we went up the norwegian fjords and I've got to say, like, Norway is one of the most beautiful places in the world. It is, to, like, I said Morocco is beautiful, it is, but the difference between somewhere like Norway and Morocco is that, like, Morocco's a, a beauty of vastness. Like, it's a vast beauty. Like, it spans out for miles and miles. It feels like you could just drive through it forever. But Norway is kind of, 
like you see these really high mountains that, are re- that they feel really close but they're really high as well especially the further up the fields you get the tighter things get and this ship feels like it's just cruising along this little maze and it's like you're warm on the deck but you look up and you see a snowy mountain to your left and a, I don't know a fisherman's boat to your right you just added a life goal to the list so thanks what Nor- Norway that sounds amazing 100% Go to Norway and then also if you're if you're lucky, I wasn't, you can get Northern Lights if you're in the right ah. If you can. But I've been in an environment where I'm supposed to have seen Northern Lights and like every time, like yeah, four times, not managed to see it. Ah. So yeah, I'm pretty gutted. But yeah, you can get that. Um and what's cool though is that like these cruises, like I said, you think they're for people that are just not active, right? But yeah. If you're going up the fjords, every time it stops off, you can get you can rent a bike, or you can go for a run, or you can go for a walk and see like a really beautiful place. That's the, I mean, obviously you're going to prove me wrong, but that's the thing I feel about cruise ships as well is just developing cabin fever. And it's like, okay, you can play. Oh, what's that? It's like curling, but with <laughs> long. What's it called again? Oh, long, that that yeah, oh, no whatever idea. it is. Yeah, Basi- boring games. Yeah, basically you've you've played 14 days of throwing a beanbag into a hole on the. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, you know those yeah, sorts yeah. of games. Do you know what? It, then what? It is. It, it, it is. When you think about it, that's what you'd presume, right? And on the larger cruises, they can counteract your boredom if you're out for like two days cruising. If you're in the water for two days, these big, big cruises have things like theatres. Like Sorry, what? There's actual sh- like theatres. So there's like a theatre, or there's and there's a show. There's like a, a live singer. Like these things are enormous. There's cinema rooms. There's pools. There's 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 uh, recreational areas. These things. These these yachts that are like for five thousand people. They're enormous, right? So when you have a smaller version of this, right, you don't get all of that. But what you do get is, is you can have regular stop off. So I kind of didn't even feel like I was on the ship too much because it's like you you have some nice dinner in the evening, go to sleep, wake up somewhere else get off the boat cruise and then go and walk around and enjoy what that's like and then come back have some dinner and you go somewhere else that's mad to me that they have shows and uh, uh, like dancing shows while on the sea because I feel if I when I've been on a boat I've never been on anything as big as a cruise ship so I don't know if it's anything different but I feel that I am on the sea and I say someone dancing in a show whilst on the sea that takes some skill because I mean I just you're, you're, thinking it's, rubbish. you're thinking it's rocking around when they're that big you don't feel it they don't rock oh. they're in bruv these things are like they'll never sink no these things are like <laughs> these things are enormous like so they don't i mean unless it's really choppy you don't feel it moving so on this on this small cruise yeah, yeah we had they said it's a really choppy night there was a bit of movement in night and i remember waking up and feeling like mm, bit of movement because i'm terrible with seasickness that was like my one worry right um that I'm just not going to enjoy myself because I'm just like, you know, chucking up over the side of the boat for nice. the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, it's kind of open. I, th- I think that there's room for cruises that are like for active people. So like a running cruise. So every day you stop off, go for a run up the mountain. Right. Or every day you stop off cycle. There's There was kayaking going on so we could hop on a kayak and just go along these ice cold fjords and just kind of take in the beauty. Like we've actually done a video for this that uh, we're going to drop and... Yes, we have done videos that I'm very proud of in the past, but this video, like, so the car one I just told you about, that's like me going, sick. Yeah. But this video of Norway, you see some absolute beauty. Okay, so the soundtrack to Morocco was Dr. Dre. What was the soundtrack to Norway? 
I got, I got, sail I'm, away, sail away, <laughs> sail away. That was wonderful. That's what it was. Did yeah. you like that rendition? Uh, I, was, I mean, I was. can't name the song, but it was beautiful. Is it on on your sink? Oh, I can't remember, but yeah, Sa- it's on my Spotify somewhere. Okay. Sail away, sail away. Yeah, I still don't. Yeah. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and because um, it was high tech, uh, they put some techie stuff on it, so it's super safe. Basically, it's got loads of tech, which means that it's really eco-friendly. So it uses salt water um, filtration system to create. Uh, basically, what they do is they are very careful to analyze the environment that they're in. So when the ship passes through it, it doesn't disturb the wildlife. Love that. That's super Big important. Big fan. And ships take in water and expel salt water to help with their buoyancy. Yeah. But they do it in a way which means they don't suck up water from one area and pump a whole load of water into another because that would also upset the wildlife yeah now because wildlife's quite uh an important thing and nature they actually uh got a gentleman called jack who's a legendary uh designer of uh of, of many sea many things across the sea <laughs> he's, he's, he's really good I, if i start trying to list off stuff he's amazing but basically they gave him a uh, comp blanche to design a a bar on the boat and he decided to put it in the bottom of the boat and put windows all over it. So he made this bar that called the Blue Eye mad. that you go downstairs into and you can see into the water. So during clear, like when the water's really clear, so when these ships, probably more suitable for when they're in like tropical areas, you'll be in relatively uh, shallow water again because it's a smaller cruise, so you can see wildlife floating past and they put cameras all over the boat as well and they've got massive TV screens so you can sit in this really relaxing lounge, this bar, sip a nice beverage at the end of the day and just feel like you're around the wildlife. When you first said designing the bar, I thought that's got to be the easiest job because all you need yeah. to do is make sure it's well stocked with juice yeah. Yeah. and then... Everyone will, be, everyone will be happy juice and make sure it's strong enough for everyone to lean against exactly. that's what you think yeah. exactly yeah, no, but then you just sort of took it up a level from oh yeah this blue room was absolutely beautiful and he like I said he could just make it happen so you've got these massive windows which are made of really thick glass so it means that they can actually have them way bigger than a usual porthole that you'd have on a, on a regular sized uh, ve- uh, ship like that and they put microphones in the water as well which kind of can transmit the sound so you can hear like other whales singing to each other potentially if they're in the area um, and again because they have all of this eco-friendly tech where they can find out where wildlife is they can kind of point they can kind of point their um, uh, the, the ship in the right direction or point the mics in the right direction so you can kind of hear whales potentially as well like it's, it's, it's chill man that's all well and good that's what, that sounds wonderful until you hear something that you don't necessarily want to hear because, <laughs> yeah exactly so I don't know how you I, I don't know about you but I'm not the greatest with open water do you have it's that, not my territory. Do you have the Jaws syndrome? Do you like, when you're swimming? Do you ever think Jaws? About, okay, but uh, Meg, <laughs> uh, I've <laughs> never seen them. I've never seen neither for that exact reason. Is I I don't want like I hate jellyfish. I hate octopi. I hate squid. I hate sharks. But I've swum with sharks, and it was the scariest thing I've ever ever done. They can smell your fear. Exactly. Well, you know, they can tell that you're scared. Exactly. And that's that's their territory. I'm out of control. I'm not in control. If they like the look of me, they'll just. I'll, that's the thing, Done. Matt. You have to put, like, I try and put this at the back of my mind is, is you just hit the nail on the head, is that when you're running around, like, imagine a shark was plonked on the beach. You can run around it, yeah. laugh at it, yeah. roll it back in the water. Yeah, wow, this is my territory. When we're in the water, yeah. they're look, we are slow 
we're weak. He's just snacked out of yeah. half. And they yeah, they could look at us and be like, hmm. But um, yeah, that. And also, I also hate jellyfish as well. So like any, are you like, so when Seven Pounds, the Will Smith film was on at the cinema, yeah. there's a jellyfish yeah, in Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, I couldn't look. to close my eyes and yeah, look away. Look. And like someone was laughing at me. Yeah, right? I couldn't like, look. Are you that where did, where, did, where did yours come from mine came from like some weird show I think it came from like an episode of Baywatch where everyone got stung by jellyfish back in the day <laughs> I was just traumatised I was like I'm never going to the war again that's far more embarrassing than mine which was I think it's linked to walking in on my dad watching Alien right when yeah. I was about seven or eight I think it was my dad or my brother I can't remember but I was like seven or eight yeah. and it was the scene at the beginning where John Hurt gets attacked by the facehugger right <sighs> I walked in on that and then within the same week, it was these three things that happened all in the same week. I was playing, remember the original Half Life? Yeah, of course you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. you do. Classic. And those head crab things just came out of nowhere and they scared the heck out of me like that. I was like, what the hell? Ah! Mm. And then uh, Alien vs. Predator, old school computer game on the PC, Facehuggers in that. Those three things happened in the same week. And because of that, I hate spiders, I hate jellyfish, I hate, I hate anything with more than four legs. Can you eat those things when they're prepared? So, like a bit of oh, calamari? Oh. I I enjoy it more than anything else because I'm like <laughs> my turn. There's nothing you can do about it. Who's a face hugger now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're my meal, exactly. Um, but honestly, like big spiders, jellyfish, squid. Blech. No, I can't. I can't. Have, have you told the team at, at Blue Peter about this? Because they're probably going to help you address this. Absolutely. I I. There's very few things that I would attempt, but honestly. I don't know how, even thinking about it now, I genuinely don't think I could. I don't know where, where does a fear end and a phobia begin? So a, a logical fear would be, I'm in the room with a Black Widow spider. I'm not mm. going to, I'm not going to go and pick it up. Right. No. But I know if it's in that corner of the room and there's a, maybe a piece of Perspex glass over it and I know it's not going to get out. I'm cool. If you're in a room and there's a, like a, like a secure tank, and there's a spider in it. How would you feel? Like, you're in this studio, you know, about a few metres by a few metres, and say I just whipped out a black window and put it no, on the table in no. a glass box, would you have to leave the room? Yeah. I think there'd be a richly shaped hole in that wall. Really? I'd be gone. I think that's phobia, man. Like, I think if I, like, when I go to the zoo, like, snakes, fine. But I can't go, I can't, I just, it takes a lot for me to be able to go up to, like, the tarantula cage. Really? Yeah. And is it, do you think this is also because of the face other thing probably. as well? Yeah, probably. This all dates back to that probably. film. Probably. Yeah, because I, I remember not being, I remember not minding spiders. Right. I, I do remember a time before my fear of eight legged freaks or jellyfish or whatever. Yeah. And then that happened. And I was like, nah, nah. So if you had a room, right, you could be in a room with a spider, a jellyfish, or an octopus. Which one? Well, I'd be in, one. it would be a, it would be um, an octopus or a jellyfish because if I'm in a room, then at least I'm not swimming. Okay, right. So they'd, they'd just be like a pile on the floor and they can't move. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. What about in a room with a spider, in a pool with a jellyfish, or in a pool with an octopus, or, <sighs> or, or water with an octopus? What spider? Um, just a regular tarantula, big old hairy tarantula. Oh my days! They're really friendly animals, you know. According to who? They're really docile. I, I don't understand how you can say they're friendly. Like you know, you went out with a bit, like went out for a beer and you had a good yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't like to harm anyone. It's only when they're aggravated. All of the like, I think the most predatory, like jellyfish. This is what's illogical about our fear of it. Right. They're not like actively trying to search us out. They just happen to be really painful 
nastily d- dangerous creatures to us. So I've been on holiday, right? So I'll I tell you what, here's what cemented my theory of jellyfish. I was on holiday in Spain with a few lads. It wasn't the Hoff then. No, 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 no. Okay. it wasn't. Oh, uh, jelly. Well, I don't know. This cemented it. Right. So the Hoff got me scared. But uh, not the Hoff, just that episode. <laughs> Other things I enjoyed about that episode. Uh, and so we're just literally chilling on the beach. And they're like, one of the guys goes, I want to go for a swim. And I go, what's that on the floor? And it was like a dead jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, seen I that. said, I'm not going in the water if there's jellyfish in the water. Exactly. Everyone goes, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Three guys went in. Two of them got stung. No. Nah. No. That's it. Absolutely not. There you go. I'm not playing that Absolutely game. Absolutely not. No, I've been like, I remember I was on holiday with my mates, Bulgaria, on a yacht or boat, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> on a dinghy. Uh, don't try it. <laughs> yeah, it was a little rubber yeah, dinghy from the corner shop. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I asked um, someone who was in charge, like, are there any jellyfish? And he said, yes. And I was like, I don't care how picturesque it is, how beautiful it is. The weather's amazing. You know, had a couple of juices, orange. Um, I didn't care. What? Absolutely didn't care. There was nothing getting me into that water. What if they were the... There are some jellyfish that don't sting, so they don't just care. look like jellyfish. Don't I'm care. not playing that game don't either. Care. Absolutely don't care. All right. Absolutely don't care. And to answer your previous question, because I didn't, I would probably have to go with the spider because I can run quicker than I can swim. Okay. Some spiders are fast. No, what are you doing? <laughs> some spiders... Have, have you not seen a... Like when, no. a, when a spider's chilling and it's a warm day no. and they're still... They move... Ooh, they're rapid, no, you know? Just no. climb all up on your face. No, this is why I would never go to Australia. All right. Is there anything that you think you are really good with? Like, you know, are you like good with heights and stuff like that? You think, yeah, jumping out of a plane's all right? Because, bruv, this stuff, like... Oh, my God. We're, uh, saying, this, we're saying this trivially. This stuff happens, bro. Oh, am I good with anything? I am good... Good with pasta. Any pasta related? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm good at eating. Okay, yeah, I can, yeah, I can yeah, eat. Yeah. Uh, what am I good with? Heights. It, it heights. It literally depends. If there is sort some sort of like scale to the height. So if I was on the top of a really tall building and I could see a person down below, yeah. Then there's that sort of scale, right? So then I'm like, nah, yeah. Um, but That's like bungee yeah, jumping, then base jumping. I've never done any right. of that, but. That's the sort of thing I would face. That I, that I could face. Right. Um, like I went on, I've been on London Eye, I've been, you know, skyscrapers, whatever, and looked down, it's, it's fine. But, so that I think I would face. I've never even come close to jumping out of a plane. Mm. But I feel like jumping out of a plane, it's the initial fear, it's the waiting around, but once you're over the edge, that's it. There's yeah. nothing you can do. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah. If the shoot doesn't open, the shoot doesn't open. Just enjoy your last what, few seconds. What a way to go. Oh, exactly. What a great way to go. Uh, exactly. I wouldn't be embarrassed about that. Nah. Yeah. Exactly. Like a hero. Doing something like a champ. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Whereas, you know, in a room with a spider or whatever, you know, if you if you hit it with anything, like I remember I was caught in my front room with a really big spider and I reached for a big old Oxford dictionary and just threw it. Okay. But I still didn't go anywhere near it because I wasn't 100% sure it was dead. Really? Honestly. What about things like rodents then? So like ah, like a little mouse. Mouse fine. is cool. Fine. Spider, no. No, exactly. What about a mouse-eating spider? That must be... <laughs> you find me a mouse-eating spider. <laughs> there are bird-eating spiders out there, mate. No. 100%. Right, I'll Google this. No, I'll don't. Go- I'm going to look. No, it's just look, a bird. No, they look really nice. A no, they don't. A bird-eating spider. I'm, they're, they're, they're really... Look. There you go. Right, I'll just going to show... 
I've I've un, I've, I've unfollowed people on social media who like post like madness about here's one next to a hand already just have a quick look oh my god oh no <laughs> that is horrendous I barely even saw it they are oh big oh my gosh they are big Goodness. they are enormous but they are honestly they're oh Goliath that's no. a type of spider oh okay right yeah no. so if you google Goliath bird eater you will see the picture that I just showed Rich. Right. What, what country is that in uh, South America right. you've oh, been there I've been there Ugh. They live for 15 to 25 years. It's too long. The it's females, men, three to six. Right. Not necessary. <laughs> they don't need to be alive that long. Like, wow. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, wow. What? What do but, but See, this is the thing. Spiders. People say to me, like, you know, oh, we need wasps for the ecosystem. Yeah. Because they do more than just annoy you at your barbecue. Yeah. We need them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What bird needs to be wiped out by a spider? Why? It, I just think it's all about equal rights, you know? If if a, if a spider wants to eat a bird, it's fair. Because think about how many birds eat spiders across the world. Think about the poor little house spiders that are crawling around and they stick their head out, out of the house because, you know, they're a house spider. They go out into the garden to get some fresh air. Bam! Blue tip. Eating it. Bam! It's just equal rights, bruv. You've got to think of it. It is quite cool to be the spider that eats birds, though. Think about it. You are, like, in the spider world, people look up to you. You're the Don. Imagine one of us. Imagine I'm like Marcus, the guy that beat up a shark. Yeah. You'd be like, whoa. If I could be resuscitated. Resuscitated. (laughs) Resurrected. (laughs) Resuscitated as any animal. If I could be resurrected as any animal, it would be one that I'm scared of. So that's it. Do you know what I mean? It would be the Goliath. Scared of yourself. Well, no, I, I don't feel like I'd look in the mirror and be like, oh, <laughs> what sort of existence would that be? No, I feel like if I am it, yeah. I can't be scared of it. Yeah. Do you know right. what I mean? So you're saying to conquer fear, you must become fear. Right, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. To conquer spider that sounds fear. Like, that sounds like a tack on from a film. Really? Yeah. No, no. Nah. To fear, you must nah. become fear. Yeah, Really? Oh, damn, I'm sure yeah. it's a film. Is it anything to do with bats? <laughs> Another creature. No, you're not scared no, of bats, fine. are you? No, yeah, all right, cool. Uh, so. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Killing time, Rich. How do you like to kill time? I know for the next few years, you're going to be killing a lot of time doing some amazing work. Yeah. Creating some epic TV. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, ho- I pray and I will watch you and some sort of small bird of prey or some <laughs> spider of prey. No, absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, that would be but yeah. a picture. But how do you like to kill time though, bro? Uh, I'm, I'm a big gamer. Um, I just finished a game which is one of the best games I've played for many, many years and one that I am three years late to. Mm-hmm. I apologise uh, to Respawn Entertainment for Titanfall 2 and not playing it sooner it's absolutely brilliant honestly one of the best shoot mobs I've played probably in the last decade and what made you pick it up now of all time oh my what? flatmate had it oh cool yeah, yeah. and I was like oh, it's about time I played this so yeah, I man. need to it was above and beyond any sort of expectation I had of any sort of shoot mob it's more than just a giant robot and you and you controlling a giant robot every now and again it's far yeah. more than that some of the mechanics in the game are brilliant and for those that don't know about you like you've got quite a gay, quite a history in gaming journalism and stuff as well because you were actually one of the founding members of GGR, Gadgets, Games and Rhymes. Games, Gadgets and Rhymes. Games, Gadgets and Rhymes. <laughs> gadgets, Games, Games, Games and Gadgets uh, <laughs> on, on GRM Daily. And yes. that was like probably the first ever entertainment outlet that kind of in, in that world that kind of went for that whole Grime gadgets and games. Yeah, absolutely. All games, <laughs> games, rhymes. games, rhymes and gadgets. Yeah, I've gadgets, rhymes and, and yeah, yeah. yeah no, but you're like the fir- the first people that I saw that kind of looked like me that were looking at games specifically. And whilst we were over here doing how to kill now in the podcast world, it was really nice to see you doing that visually on YouTube. So, like, can you talk us through how that happened? Yeah, it's, I mean, it was an open goal, and it was something that I had in my mind for a while, like ages and ages and ages. In that I'd sort of be. Because I was doing radio at the time, I was doing commercial radio. Uh, not, I wasn't. I wasn't doing commercial radio at all. I'm lying. I was doing community, community radio. radio. West Side, West Side, big, right station, West Side. big yeah. station. Yeah, uh, I was there, and um, I had this. I had an idea in my mind that um, I was a gamer, and whenever, if ever, it came up in conversation. However, I always sort of felt maybe a little bit embarrassed that it had a certain tag next to it. Oh, you're a gamer. You're a nerd. Mm. Um, guilty. Yeah. Guilty as charged, but it was maybe not necessarily looked at as a good thing at all. It was like, you know, you're automatically, you know, covered in acne and glasses and... No friends. Do you know what I mean? Unsocial. It was an unsocial There you go. Thing, that, yeah. That's the phrase I was looking for. Um, and I was working um, because while doing community radio, I was juggling, you know, bar work, pub work, and also working for... Uh, brands if ever they put on events so mm-hmm. I was, uh, it, it, brand ambassador basically mm-hmm. and I was working at an Assassin's Creed event and um, so big game it was for Assassin's Creed Syndicate and there was a guy there who I recognised um, shout out Mr Midas I thought you were someone else uh, and I went up to you and I was like yeah, I recognise you who did you think he was? I can't remember <laughs> honestly I can't remember I thought he was someone else I was like oh, I recognise you and he was yeah. like yeah, yeah 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 I've done some yeah I've done a bit of presenting and I was like okay and then sort of we followed each other on social media um, and it turned out he wasn't who I thought he was but I, I went with it anyway and I, I DM'd him and saying that I want to I've got an idea for this series um, and you've got all of the presenting experience you know you know you've got all, all the all the connects I don't at all how do you feel about setting you know people like us that are into that can be into like your urban music you know um, and 
meshing that with gaming, having them play head to head, and then just letting their banter, their charisma shine through the video. Yeah, great idea. So he called up his people at Grime Daily. One thing led to another. Long story short, it is what it is, and it's on to what? It's fifth season now? Fourth season? Fifth season Fifth now. season. Yeah, yeah. What a bloke. I'm going to give him a round of applause because that is absolutely amazing. I was only around for the first season before before moving on. Ship. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's. I think your testament to kind of this, and there's many ways to get into entertainment. There's an unlimited number of ways, right? But I think your testament to the kind of do-it-yourself people. Like, you yeah. know, you came with an idea, you guys wrote it. You guys produced it. Yeah. You guys made sure that you were there around the editing side of it to make sure it was clean. And it's kind of turned into something you expect to see regularly now. And you kind of showed where TV can go. Because yeah. it's, that, it's that whole thing like people talking about, oh, TV's dead. I'm like, not really dead. It's just the way people consume it and where they consume it. Exactly. Is important. And kind of getting something like that and getting it on a platform like GRM Daily kind of helped to really get it to the right people yeah. quickly. And it's a and it's something that it's one of the steps that Graham Daly have taken that I'm that I'm that well, GRM shall I say that uh, that I'm really happy about man I yeah. think it's a good a really good look to show some diversity with regards to the content that you can put out on a channel and that people interact with it and enjoy it do you know what I mean because yeah. they are primarily pri- primarily music yeah exactly and also I, um, since landing this most recent job I've had people left right and centre saying oh so how did you get to that? how did you get to that? And I, I reckon honestly a massive massive chunk of how I. I'm fortunate enough to be in the position I'm in now is because I've got more than just a presenting string to my bow. It was me sort of creating with Midas an original concept and then Mm -hmm. being being able to produce it, being able to liaise with uh, GRM Daily, with any sort of um, music labels, whatever, whenever, and then putting it out as well. It's it's much more than just standing in front of a camera and delivering lines 100% I, I, and I feel like there is there are roles like that that are still there to be filled where you just stand in Definitely. front of the camera and just say your lines like Richie's going to be doing for the next few years no, I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> but you know also to, to, to create something can help as well like so my trajectory has been based around like every if I look at every single milestone that I've got to loads of help from other people granted too yeah. many to thank but it's been me making writing and saying here's the idea because sometimes when you've got an idea and you're young and you're fresh Everyone has great ideas. Yeah. Like me and you could just say, hey, let's uh, build batteries that last forever for phones. Done. Great, right? Done. But how do you get that? Make that happen? Exactly. So by making the show yourself and putting it out there, that's kind of what gets you out there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, whether it's your, your own showreel as a presenter that loads of presenters do or creating your own content to then put in your showreel, that can kind of give you a jump start. I think you're testament to that. It's really good. I'm, that's well, why I, when I was on holiday, lying on my back in the sun and my phone went bloop and there was like you saying I'm the 38 presenter I was like yes yeah. yes the hard work paid off man yeah. and it was a grind though wasn't it like you've oh. must, you've created so much content I am 30 years young I didn't get my first paid job in anything like the Grime Daily stuff we made the plan was to make it as easy sorry as difficult for GRM Daily to say no as possible yeah. so we did everything yeah. all we needed from them were the connect to the artists and the platform yeah you know they weren't paying for anything we were yeah I didn't get my first paid job in this industry until I was 27. There we go. So, there we go. you know, working in a pub where the average age of the customer was 74 at the age of 27 or 26 isn't exactly the best look in the world, but it is what it is. How did that feel for you at the time? Was that, was that quite, was what, that, yeah, the pub, was it motivating or did it drag you down a bit? Um, or was, or, or was you, or, were the, or how did GRM, the fact that you were doing that content, GDR, how did that kind of affect how you felt? Was that like a nice outlet to kind of keep you focused? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, 
Yeah, it was. It was sort of a bit born out of frustration of not going as fast, not moving and progressing as fast as I wanted to. That I was like, Do you know what? Allow all this. I'm going to create my own thing. Yeah. So it was a little bit out of frustration. I, but you know, big shout out to Westside. I love you all to bits. But I was there for three years, and I was yeah. like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to push on. So it was a little bit born out of frustration. I was like, right, this is. I'm going to turn that frustration into motivation to be able to right. stand on my own two feet and create something rather than sort of sitting back doing the show every week and hoping something would happen. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, just to put this into hard numbers, when would you say your journey in the industry started? How old were you? I first attempted any sort of. Mm, okay, so I would say I entered the industry when I was 24. Yeah. So out of university, I didn't. I got a degree in film and television, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mm. did. I, I did a little bit of accidental presenting at uni. Yeah. In that there was Please sort of. Say a, it's on YouTube. It's not. Is on it YouTube. On? No, it's not. Damn. Yeah. Thankfully. Hi, Richie uh, Driss here, yeah. Green, <laughs> <laughs> with the uni trim. I want to know what the uni haircut oh, was. Oh, the uni trim was was horrific. Yeah. It was like a a faux a faux hawk mohawk. Wow. Yeah, skin fade on the sides, but also the sort of tail at the back went off to one side. You had the tail. I had the, uh, the, 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 the tadpole tail. Oh, mate. Damn. It was absolutely not a good look at all. Yeah. Um, I thought I was cool. No one else did. Yeah, there's no uni trim that really looks no, good. No. I'm so glad that over the years I've just gone short back and sides. Yeah. A couple of times I've been like, I'm going to grow a beard. At least no. you can though. I can't. Listen, this I've got here, this is this this is what I could do. At the moment I've just got like a kind of semi-shaped stubble, but I really tried to have like the Craig David, like the, the oh, box goatee with type. Like, the, the, like the, on the sides it was really thin, like almost one line of hair. Yeah, yeah, I probably yeah. couldn't grow much more than that. Yeah, and then an afro didn't work, bro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. But um yeah, sorry, you were saying that. Uh, yeah, 2024 20, you started. 2024. Um I went to my local radio station in Luton um and blagged my way in there. Mm-hmm. Um and I said, you know, look, I did radio at university. I didn't. Sorry. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do any radio at university, um, but I did say, look, I've done radio at university and I want to gain some experience. Got in there and I sat in on the drive time show, eventually got talking to someone afterwards. Um, and so my first presenting per se was, well, I wouldn't even call it presenting because I was sat on the radio being asked questions and right. answering them, but just mm-hmm. on air. So I wasn't presenting. But then I entered uh, something called Kiss Chosen One. Yep. Out of the whole of the UK, it got to the top 10. Nice. It's basically an open audition to be the next Kiss presenter. From there, I got picked up by Westside um, and then did that for three years. Met you along the way uh, at the Capital Extra Music Potential. Oh, shit. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep, 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 you, yep. you were one of the many faces in there. I was. That we said, Funk Butcher and I said, yeah. there's a lot of fucking talent in this room. Yeah. And I swear, I'm not just saying this. There was, there was, there's you and a few other presenters that are actually very active at the moment. Yep. That Funk Butcher and I said, you guys there's some energy in the room that we think uh, is really going to go somewhere and I'm not exaggerating we came out of that and I remember that day actually because I scuffed my Jordans for the first time ah, my favourite ah, pairs of Jordans ah, and Funk Butcher was laughing at me crying about ah, it and and after the session it was at the roundhouse yep. we spent a, 
some time just discussing how important it is to have the right energy and i think that group in that room i don't know how you felt at the time you can tell me did you feed off each other's energy in quite a positive way did you feel like you were all kind of pushing in the right direction i'm absolutely still in touch with a few of them shout out to k's yeah um absolutely still in touch with him for example um i can't remember any other names i'm sorry i can't remember any other names off the top of my head but there are definitely some people out there that i was like yeah absolutely feed off each other i get it do you know what i mean you look at some people and be like yeah I get yeah, it yeah. instantly like that. Yeah, um, I get it. I get what you're all about, um, and you're going to go far. Um, yeah, it was amazing to be in a room like that with um, me, obviously. Right, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In there, of course. Um, shout out, shout out to Funk, Funk Butcher as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, what yeah. a guy. He's still t- he still does take time to kind of educate people, and that's something Hero. I'd love to do. I'd love to talk more about that because I think part of your journey is that you were really proactive, and I think that does make make a difference. You know I mean, and you weren't just proactive in a in a relentless, unnecessary, weird, off key, being so busy that I'm not actually doing anything. Route. You actually went and made stuff, and it's really like yeah, built well, up to a nice. Thank you. Yeah, I like, said like anyone that's listening, I think it's important to be able to create your own lane, create your own lane as yeah, well. Definitely, so. man. You definitely did that. Thank you. How was that course for you, by the way? Do you think that helped to kind of focus you at the time? Yeah, it got me demos at Capital. I mean, it, I didn't get any of the demos yeah. or I didn't get the opportunity. But to be fair, I'm clearly absolutely not complaining now. No, it was brilliant to be given the opportunity to just demo at yeah. a station like Capital, Capital Extra, yeah. do work experience there as well. Um, yeah, like anything that I think gives, because there's a lot of, there's a perception that presenting jobs, radio jobs, go to people that have just, you know, come off of the only way is Essex. Do you know what I mean? Like a social media. They've got a social media following. They've got hundreds of thousands of followers. Therefore, they are worth more than some. I've got only not even 4,000. And as I said, I'm lucky enough to have the job that I've got. And there is a perception that if you don't have a social media following, you're not going to get a job. And it's absolutely not true. And also there's, there's, in this day and age there's so so much more with regards to resource yeah. so like for example when you know I saw you at Music Potential then radio was very much the only way you could get your your, your audio out there yeah. now look at how prolific podcasts yeah. are do you know what exactly. I mean right now you're on a podcast that's on the front page of iTunes hey but you know like and you're self-produced in house so you know like and, you, and you've got a show GGR that is a staple part of, of the community out there for gaming do you know yeah. what I mean yeah. and it's a platform that other people will be able to use because you helped to establish that yeah. and um, yeah it's a great way right so we know what you did in the past right yeah we know where we're at now yeah it's inevitable you're going to move on from Blue Peter in a positive way it's yeah. going to happen it happens right yeah. shout out to Radzi great run in yeah great innings and yeah. He's, he's off on his way now Blue Peter right yeah you've had your run yeah what can you see you doing afterwards because you've got a skill set where you can write You'll have forgotten about that in five years' time because you'll just be used to turning up on set and saying... No, I'm joking. <laughs> you can have five years, you're going to experience some of the best TV years of your life yet. Yeah. Where where can you see yourself going after this? Straight to Hollywood? <laughs> oh, wow. Do you know what? <laughs> if you asked me this sort of six months ago, maybe even two months ago, yeah. before all of this absolute madness in the best possible way happened, Yeah. I'd have been like, oh, you know, I'm going to keep those goals sort of to myself, you know, because I didn't want to look silly necessarily. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some people, you know, I was quite protective over, you know, personal goals and all that kind of thing. And one of them was to do TV, get into TV. Box ticked. 
Well, actually, I say box ticked. I haven't actually strictly speaking done it yet. Give me forty eight hours. Yeah, give me forty eight hours. So, but no, I would. I've always said I would love to be in the position where cause a lot of what I did at Joe Media was with with celebrities, actors, etc. Um, and I was going to them, and I was sort of in their territory, and I'd go to their room, and I'd sit in their hotel, not their hotel room per se, but a hotel room that was where journalists were on rotation, journalists and presenters on rotation. Yet four minutes. Right, four minutes is done, get out, done. I go to them. I would consider myself one of the luckiest people on earth if I'm in a position where they come to me. Do you know what I mean? Welcome to my XYZ. They they want to come to me and they want to be like, you know, I get a phone call saying, oh, X, Y, and Z wants to come and talk about A, B, and C. Okay. So... That makes sense. There you go. It's out there. It's out there in the universe. I like Instead that. Instead of just keeping it to myself. I, I like don't, that. I don't know if I've, how many people I've told that. Not, not many at all. Well, now you've told all of our audience. Yeah, so exactly. You've told Hi there. Don't hey. laugh at me. Okay. <laughs> I, think, me. I think that's a great achievement to have Thank a platform you. where people come to you, man. Yeah. Is that because it saves bus fare? Absolutely. That's okay. literally the only reason. Yeah. yeah. That that place that I'm on about is just my, my front room. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. when you think about it, like... I roll out of bed. Yeah. Cup of tea. Knock yeah. on the door, I come in, let's do what? 100%. Whatever. If it's filmed, just put a shirt on, yeah. wear shorts under the tables. Yeah, right? that's it. <laughs> Easy. Done. Yeah. All yeah. right, cool. Well, I look forward to you, to you doing that, man. And uh, where can we find you on social media? I feel like you're going to be doing some crazy stuff over the next few years. <sighs> Flying planes. Yeah. Chilling with birdie and spiders. No. Swimming with jellyfish. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I'd rather do the, fla- feed, the plane feed, flying thing. <laughs> feeding sharks, chum. Throw me off a building before you put me in a room with a spider. Great with a parachute. Great to put that on your tombstone. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Famous quotes. last words. Yeah. yeah. So where can you find you on the social? Uh, I am Instagram and Twitter at Richie Driss. I don't know if you're one of these people that spell Richie with a T. Just, just don't. R I C H I E. Okay. Like, why add a T in? Driss D R I W S. At Richie Driss. At Richie Driss. Yes. Is your name Richie or are you a Richard? I'm a Richard. You're a Richard? I'm a Richard. Okay, so when you're in trouble, is that what you get called? Rich- uh, oh, Richard? Yeah, yeah that's it. That's right, it. Cool. I found out yesterday that, as well as, you know, the obvious dick, which is short for Richard, yeah. Rex is short for Richard. No. I found this out yesterday. Really? Apparently. Really? Apparently. So can I call you Rex? Yo, Rexy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, Rexy baby. I, I, li- I like it. So, yeah, Rex is Rex is big. And if you that. see Richie out and you really want to make his back stand up, you got to say Richard like oh, that. Richard yeah. Driss. Yeah, then yeah. I'll just think you're, you're my mum. I'm going to go with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Instant reaction. Um, anyway, we've got to wrap this now because um, basically we've had our time, we've had our hour with you and um, I've got to go and watch this John Wick film now. You lucky guy. Yeah. I'll let you know how good it is. Spoilers sure on the gram. Don't be that guy though. I'm not that guy. Nah. Okay. I'll just DM you them. Ah. Uh, so yeah, once again, don't forget you can head to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote to vote for us for the People's Choice Award, the Listener's Choice Award, actually, supported by BBC Sounds. All you have to do is go to that website, BB, uh, BB, BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. We'll put a link to that in the description to the show as well. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. I've been Marcus Bronzy and you have been the only have been past tense you have been yeah okay. Okay. Not, you have been yeah you, you've been richard i have and now you are richie driss thanks for coming on the show man appreciate you nice one even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.